Hello, and welcome to the Space Weather Facts and Forecast podcast. I'm Isaac Brigham, amateur space weather enthusiast, and I'll be giving you the current space weather conditions, a forecast for the upcoming week, and telling you all about a fascinating space weather phenomenon. Stay tuned. Solar activity is moderate, with the sun producing a number of M flares and CMEs in the last week or so. AR3429 is the main flaring region at the moment. It has produced seven M flares to date, the largest being M3.3, and most of its flares have been earth facing. Some of the flares have been impulsive, but some have indeed produced CMEs. There was a period of G2 KP6 storming recently from one of these events. It is likely that occasional M flaring will continue, mostly from AR3429 with a slight chance for an isolated X-flare. Any associated eruptions in the next few days will have a good chance to be Earth-directed. There is a CME on its way from a filament eruption on the 14th, but that is expected to arrive late today or early on the 17th tomorrow. It is only a glancing blow, but may still generate up to G1 KP5 conditions. Also, a large filament lifted off from near center disk earlier today. Based on early coronagraph imagery, it looks to be associated with an Earth-directed CME. It is hard to say for sure yet if it will be a direct hit or a glancing blow, but a G1 or up to a G2 KP6 storm seems possible. This event would likely arrive on about the 19th. Currently, it is a KP1+. The solar wind data is slightly elevated, mainly in the wind speed, which is at about 420 kilometers a second, and the BZ, hovering about negative 5 NT. This is making for a hemispheric power of 43 gigawatts in the north and 45 in the south. With this data, aurora would be visible at quite high latitudes. As I already mentioned though, there are storms on their way that could push aurora down to lower latitudes, one likely arriving early on the 17th, and one possibly arriving around the 19th. It seems likely that we will experience at least some amount of G1 KP5 conditions, with a small chance for KP6. If you're an aurora chaser, especially at higher latitudes, definitely watch the data closely. Even at lower latitudes, it will be worth keeping an eye on what develops. Thanks for listening to the forecast. Now it's time to talk about this week's featured space weather phenomena. The next solar eclipse is on October 14th of this year, with another happening in April 2024, and both will be very visible from North America. So in this episode, I want to talk about solar eclipses, including what they are and how to see the two upcoming ones. Solar eclipses occur when the Sun, Earth, and Moon all line up perfectly in the sky. Amazingly, the Sun is about 400 times bigger than the Moon but also about 400 times further away from Earth. This means that both the Sun and the Moon appear very close to the same size in the sky. When the Moon passes directly in front of the Sun, we see a solar eclipse. Although the Moon orbits the Earth in just under a month, we don't see a solar eclipse every month because the Moon's orbit is tilted, making it so that the Moon usually passes above or below the Sun and the sky. Occasionally, though, everything lines up and we see a solar eclipse. There are three main types of eclipses, total, partial, and annular. If the moon blocks the whole surface of the sun, we see a total eclipse. 
day turns to twilight and the sun's stunging outer atmosphere, or corona, becomes visible. If the moon only blocks a portion of the sun, there is a partial eclipse. Angular eclipses are when the moon appears too small to fully cover the sun, and so a bright ring of sunlight encircles the black moon. This happens because the moon's orbit is not quite circular, and sometimes it is farther away from Earth and smaller in the sky than other times. The moon's shadow on the Earth, inside of which you see either a total or an angular eclipse, depending on the moon's distance, is quite small, usually only about 150 kilometers, 90 miles across, or so. Only those lucky people within the path the shadow sweeps out, known as the path of totality, or angularity as the case may be, will see the full eclipse. If you're outside this path but still somewhat close, you'll see a partial eclipse. The next solar eclipse is an angular eclipse on October 14, 2023. The path of angularity starts in the Pacific Ocean, passes into Oregon, then down through Texas into the Gulf of Mexico, then it cuts across the Yucatan Peninsula, most of Central America, and finally parts of Colombia and Brazil. Except for remote parts of Alaska and Ellesmere Island, all of North America will see some amount of a partial eclipse, and most of South America will as well. Although it is not a total eclipse, this should be an amazing opportunity for many to see. If you want to learn more about the eclipse, including detailed path maps, times, and percentages for your city, you can head to www.timeanddate.com eclipse slash solar slash 2023-October-14. I'll put the link in the show description as well. Clicking on the maps there will bring up a map of the eclipse path, and clicking on the map at your location will link to the percentages and times for that spot. Now I do need to include a word of safety. Never, ever observe the sun directly without a certified solar filter. You will permanently damage your eyes, possibly leading to blindness. The only time it is safe to look at the sun without eye protection is during the total phase of a total solar eclipse. The October eclipse is not a total eclipse, and so filters must be used at all times. A pinhole projector can also be used for indirect observation. Make sure when buying solar filters that they're from a reputable seller and are ISO certified. Celestron in particular makes good eclipse glasses. Some models, especially when buying on Amazon, are untested and potentially unsafe. The October eclipse is a great eclipse for North Americans, but there's an even better one coming. On April 8, 2024, a total solar eclipse will cross North America, passing through Mexico, the US, and Canada. The path of totality again starts in the Pacific Ocean, and first encounters land at Mazatlan, Mexico. It goes through the country to the northeast, crossing into Texas, where it passes through Dallas. It continues on to the northeast, going through parts of 13 states. After passing through Cleveland and Buffalo and just missing Toronto, it continues along the Canada-US border, going through Montreal. Leaving the US, it slices right across New Brunswick, including Fredericton, and then Newfoundland, although St. John's is outside the path. It then ends in the Atlantic Ocean, although parts of Ireland, and less so England, may just be able to catch a 20% or less eclipse right at sunset. This eclipse is the best eclipse North Americans will witness for a long time. Nearly 43 million people live already within the path of totality, with many more living very close. 
As with the last eclipse I mentioned, if you want to find out if you're in the path or check out eclipse times for your location, you can head to Time and Date's excellent website at www.timeanddate.com slash eclipse slash solar slash 2024-april-8. The link will also be in the description. If you live close to the eclipse path, or even if you don't, and if you have the means to get to the path, do it. While partial eclipses are amazing in their own right, they're incomparable to a total eclipse. The next total solar eclipse, visible from North America, won't be until 2044, and while its path of totality is possibly better than the 2024 one for Canada, it is much worse for the US. Another very important factor to, to consider is the weather. You might be in the path, but if it's cloudy, you'll totally miss the eclipse. Of course, Mexico and Texas will likely be good cloud-wise for the April eclipse. There are other pockets of historically clearer weather, such as in Cleveland, but the cloud generally increases as you move east along the path. There's a very excellent site put together by Jay Anderson that goes into incredible detail on the historical weather for both the October and April eclipses and other astronomical events that I'll link in the description. It's eclipsophile.com. All in all, there are two exciting North American eclipses coming up in just months. Hopefully you can see some amount of them. Thank you for listening to my podcast. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to subscribe and share it. Also, please consider leaving a review. It helps the podcast get found. New episodes are released on the third Saturday of the month on major podcast platforms. See you next time.